Thanks for joining us again for another edition of the Awaken 2008 podcast. This is Daniel Decker. And in today's interview, we are joined with Wayne Cadero. Wayne is the senior pastor of New Hope Christian Fellowship in Hawaii. And in this interview, Wayne is going to talk about the significance of us getting back to basics, getting back to the basics of loving others, of doing ministry the way that Jesus wanted us to. And he's also going to talk about some of the trappings that leaders face as they step into ministry with the conviction and the energy um, to really, you know, just be heartfelt and get things started. But then the dangers that lurk as a ministry becomes more successful, as it becomes larger, and some of the things that leaders need to do to, to avoid that dysfunctional track. So we hope you enjoy this interview with Wayne today, and we look forward to seeing you at the Awaken Conference, April 1st through the 3rd, Pasadena, California at Mosaic. Again, jump on Awaken2008.com for all event details and tickets. Wayne, thanks so much for being here with me today. Well, Bill, I would bring you greetings from uh, Hawaii. I'm sitting outside in beautiful blue skies and uh, enjoying a uh, time with you and seeing what God's going to be building. Well, I'm going to ask one question before we get into some content is, what was your special connection with God that he gave you the post out in Honolulu, Hawaii? <laughs> well, somebody had to do it. I just got in line first, you know. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, I'm from Hawaii, so this is my roots here, and uh, I trained in Oregon, lived in Japan, different mission fields, uh, because my father was in the Army, so we traveled a great deal. But I uh, came back home to Hawaii in 1984. Got it. Well, I know that you're going to be at the Awaken Conference that Erwin McManus is hosting in April. And I know one of the things that he's excited to have you speak about is based on the new book that you just came out called The Divine Mentor. Tell us about the book and how it came to be. No, Bill, we've got so many wonderful ministries in the world today and so many different uh, informative resources that are out there, and, and I'm so glad for that. One of the downsides, however, is we begin to get a little bit codependent on programs and techniques, technology, and all kinds of advanced information, and they're wonderful, but I just have a uh, sort of an inner crusade to bring us back uh, to the Word of God and the power of God's Word, because in the end... The Bible says that, uh, you know, the, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God abides forever. And so one of the things that uh, struck me was that I realized that my best friends are in the Bible. Jeremiah, how I've talked with him, and David, I've talked with him about leadership, and uh, Moses about how to handle grumblers and how to develop people skills, and why he even said to God once, you know, if you'll let these people go, I'll take their place, and in hell, you know, if you, if you don't let them go, don't let me go. And, uh, and I heard that in Paul's voice as well, and I thought, what is it about these guys that gave them such a reckless abandon? And then I began to understand that the, the thing that we need to really return to is the, the power of God's Word, and then add to that the wonderful technologies and delivery systems, but it has to have the core of uh, the one who has given us all of these guys, uh, able though dead, Hebrews says, still speaks. These are the divine mentors that are our instructors, and these are the ones that are our tutors for ministry today. You know, Wayne, um, one of the things about the conference is that Erwin's asking people to, to speak on, as well as having the attendees to really listen to, is that we need to uh, get outside of the box. In fact, we need to obliterate the lines of the box, kind of a new paradigm shift, if you would, and 
And I know that one of the um, groups of people that are going to be attending this conference are a lot of church planters. So, and you've planted a lot of churches. As you encourage and teach church planters, what are some of the things that you try to help them understand to have a new mind shift today than maybe, you know, 20, 30 years ago? Well, you know, there's so many different uh, new ideas now that'll help us expedite matters. But one of the things that I encourage us to come back to, and it seems to, to be out of the box, but it isn't. It's really into the very radics of the core of why we do what we do. But uh, let me just say it this way. A guy came to Hawaii, and he said, I'm going to plant a church here. And I said, great. Do you love the people of Hawaii? He said, I love the weather. The beaches here are gorgeous. And, and I just want to get out of the snow. And I said, great. Do you love Hawaiian people and Asian people? He says, well, I just love everything about Hawaii. I said, no, 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 no. Do you love the people? Because, you see, we really don't need another church plant. We need people who will come and love people so much that they'll lay down their lives for them. And that's the beginning of a church plant that will make a difference. We don't need another building, another group of people meeting over religious things. We need someone who will come and lay down their life for these people. That's what God used back then to start the church, capital C, and that's what he's going to use again to build churches, small C. Now, I know the other thing that Irwin's going to ask people to share is some of the mistakes they've made and how, through their failures, that they've actually had some some of their greatest successes as well as some of their greatest growth. Now, I'm going to guess you must have had some failures along the way in your ministry. Could you share one or two and how that helped you really maybe go to the next level in, in as leading a church? Yeah, in fact, most of my foundation is built on the shards and the rubble of past mistakes. If you put uh, cement with it, it makes a pretty good foundation. Uh, but there's lots of mistakes. The thing is that uh, you just learn from them, and uh, then you can teach out of scars rather than philosophy and concepts, and, uh, and it makes more of a credible foundation. Uh, so I learned from the mistakes. I've made tons of them. I'm still making them every day. But I think people will be able to weather all your mistakes as a leader if you have a heart of integrity and you really, really have an honest heart trying your very best. And if the people know that you love them, they'll weather all those mistakes. Now, um, Wayne, you know, one of the things we're asking uh, the speakers who are doing these podcasts with is to share some personal insights into who they are. You obviously have your new book, and we talk a little about mentors. So if you had the opportunity uh, to sit down with one Old Testament person, just over, you know, lunch or a dinner, just being able to talk to them, who would it be from the Old Testament if you could only pick one? So many that I would, you know, want to speak with, but probably if there were only one, I would, I would like to talk with Solomon, first of all, and ask him how his wisdom was so precious in the beginning and it was so corrupted in the end. Because, you know, with a lot of church planters and leaders, we have a great deal and a great desire. We have great energy, even savvy and competency in the beginning. But a lot of times, as things go on, there's a morphing, there's a mutation. It starts to get a little dysfunctional. And if we don't maintain wisdom, if we don't keep it healthy, 
it can begin to toxify, and that toxemia kills the whole body. So uh, when God brings success, we need to be able to survive success because there's a deep foundation of a wisdom that has been maintained. You know, that actually leads me to another question is, you know, I've spent some time with you. You've done some CCM broadcasts over the years, and every time I'm with you, and I don't mean to embarrass you, but I just sense this great humility about you. How do you, as a church leader, and, and, and now you're going to be talking to a lot of church leaders who are listening to this podcast, how do you as a church leader who's had great success in building a dynamic church that's one of the fastest-growing churches in the United States, how do you keep humble? Uh, one of the things I think, Bill, is you keep your eyes on the prize that is, that's ahead of you, and that's to bring glory to Christ. And, and uh, you know, it's sort of like when you realize how, how much Christ has done for you, it's like, uh, let's give all the rewards to the lamb that was slain. You know, it's just, we, we don't deserve anything except just, we just love serving Christ. And uh, if I take my eyes off of that, start putting it on my accomplishments, as the basis of my confidence, then I start to corrupt wisdom, I corrupt humility, it becomes false. So many things start to morph and mutate. So I just keep, as Paul says, forgetting what lies behind, I press forward to what lies ahead. There's so much more to be done. There's more lost people today than ever there was ever in, in the history of mankind, just today. So the fields really are white for the harvest. And uh, we've got to keep going, and we go until the Lord rewards us with eternity. Now, I'd ask you who you'd have lunch or dinner with. Okay, if you could have a breakfast with one person from the New Testament, who would it be? From the New Testament? Uh, you know, uh, that's a great question. I think I would uh, like to sit down with... Uh, uh, well, one of the disciples would be great, uh, but I would say James, who was the Lord's half-brother and really did not believe in Christ as the Messiah till after the resurrection. And his short book called James talks so much about the sufferings and how to turn it or convert it into joy. Uh, there's a lot of times as church planters and ministers, we have great expectations of ministry and the joys of it and the excitement of it only to find a rude awakening that it's filled with struggles and broken expectations. And I think James would have such a good insight as to how to convert pain into joy and how to convert hurt into peace and how to convert setbacks into advance. I'd like to talk with James. And that would be a great one. Well, the final question, getting to know you a little bit better, is if we're riding the car with you, what type of music are you going to be listening to, knowing that you're you know, have produced songs and written songs. What music do you listen to when you're riding? <laughs> you know, I listen to several uh, genres. One is I, I listen to jazz because it lets me think. So I, I listen to easy jazz music. And uh, the second is I actually listen to classical and uh, Baroque because I, I need time for my mind to think and pray. And so I do a lot of thinking in the car. But when I want to listen to lyrics and ballads, I, this, this sounds crazy, but I actually listen to country music because I think some of the country uh, writers are some of the best lyricists 
around. They're just outstanding. And uh, then I also listen to some of the newer artists uh, uh, in the Christian genre. Uh, some of the great writers, Nicole Nordeman and a few of just tons of others that just are great lyricists. I like good songs that have great theology. Well, um, based on some of the people we've asked, what type of music they'd be playing in their car, I think I'll be driving with you, Wayne. I, I've got a, a soft spot for country myself. Um, well, Wayne, thanks so much for being with us today. We're looking forward to having you at the Awaken Conference in April. I know people will both, uh, you know, be able to learn a lot from your teaching, but also just in some of the one-on-one time when they get to meet you. If they have not met you before, it will be a great treat for them as, as it is for me every time we're together. So thanks so much for being on this podcast. And we're going to look forward to seeing you in April um, in just a few weeks. Thanks, Ron. I'm looking forward to it, too. God bless you, Bill. Thanks.